Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. episode of horror movie night this week we find our energy centers just two inches below the heart with life force adam wonders if it's gay to kiss patrick stewart if he looks insanely hot scott wonders if all the women come from the blood of distinguished english actors and i'm in love on a level you'll never know with matilda may now let's give in and give it up for this movie. Oh, oh, repeat man. he was he was cackling with laughter. Repeat the Scott one. Scott wonders <laughs> Scott wonders if all women come from the blood of distinguished English actors. <laughs> so uh so this was the you really acted yourself. Good job. Good job, Adam. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this uh this was the shortest plot description I've ever had to write. Because it just says tits. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so the plot, I, I did really... This movie, like, there's a lot that happens in this movie. But if you really break it down to its simplest of terms, I uh, was able to summarize this movie in eight sentences. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, so much of what happens is so inconsequential to anything. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, so, so here's... I mean, I, you know what? I'm just going to read all eight of them. And you let me know how much of the stuff that I missed really has a bearance on the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, so astronauts find an alien spaceship with shriveled up bat creatures and three humanoid creatures, two of them male, one of them female, and they find a way to Earth. The female space girl drains multiple people's life forces, can shapeshift, and allows the male counterparts to escape as well. The beings are space vampires who feed on life force instead of blood. The lone survivor of the original shuttle has a psychic link with the space girl. They discover that London has an infestation of zombie vampires now. They decide that it's that this possibly happened once before, which started our vampire mythology. It's discovered that by stabbing a vampire with an ancient sword just below the heart, you can kill them. 
After dispatching two male vampires, the lone survivor impales himself and Space Girl into the sword, ending the vampire reign of terror. All right. Nope, that's, so, that, that is the simplest way to explain this. <laughs> stupid fucking <laughs> One of those sentences could have been cut, too. Yeah, I didn't need to mention... I I did not need to mention that as I was reading the sentence about, oh, this might have happened once before, I'm like, this doesn't need to be here. (laughs) 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 Why why didn't I delete this? (laughs) Seven sentences, this movie. Seven sentences. But it took two hours to tell the tale. (laughs) Uh, Let's let's just skip the whole plot and talk about the quote-unquote plot. Um, yeah, Mathilda May is so attractive. I understand. I truly understand um, exactly why you bring her back to Earth because she is one of the hottest women of all time. Um, man, I, I have never before looked at a woman and been like, man, you're so hot that life might actually be more difficult for you. <laughs> like, you're too <laughs> fucking attractive. Yeah, Way she's, too hot. Like, seriously, she is, like I said, painfully attractive. It is. It is unnatural how attractive that woman is. So, I don't think that we've ever been so effusive about a woman in a horror movie ever. <laughs> so can I actually talk about things about the movie that don't involve her for a little bit? Are we allowed to do that? Uh, yeah, because no, I got like six notes. You have to on how goddamn attractive she is. Come so, on. So I only have a handful of notes. And like by handful, I mean... <laughs> I mean... Sure you got a I, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean... I mean three. Um, so the one thing is like... I forgot like i knew that this was a, a toby hooper film and i i'm pretty sure that adam might be the not the expert but he's the only one that saw the documentary about canon film so he might have a little bit more insight on life force but it, i'm not surprised to find out that that dan o'bannon had a hand in writing this because it there are points in this movie that remind me of both Alien and Return of the Living Dead, so it completely yes. makes sense that it's the writer of both of those films. I mean, between the, I mean, the whole opening feels like Alien with them yeah. just going on a spaceship, finding these dead bodies, finding these weird creatures, and then the scenes with the shriveled up bodies tied to the operating tables just feel like it's right out of Return of the Living Dead. Oh, that that is the torso in Return yeah. of the Living Dead. It's so funny because I didn't look up who had done anything in this movie except for Toby Hooper. I knew that I'd say at the front. I was like, okay, because yeah. Dan O'Bannon is not a name that I like have stuck in my head. So, but yeah, that makes so much sense that that he did that movie because or he did Return of the Living Dead because I was watching that scene. And I was just like, this is just basically the exact same scene, but with a full zombie. Yeah, and they both came out the same year. That's weird. Yeah, and the the shriveled up body puppets look fucking awesome in this movie. Yeah, oh, they do. Yeah, they are really, really good. Um, when that first one like gets up and sucks the doctor's life force, it's like age. There's a lot of things that happen in this movie where age was not kind to the film, but there's something that just works in that scene with that that puppet and the the light exploding out of it. And I actually watched. I, I purchased the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray of this because I do like this movie. I, I think that it could definitely you could take some scissors to this movie and and really get it to a little bit more watchable cut but it is a, it's just a fun it's a fun weird movie that's buried under a lot of nonsense that you don't need to have there when we were talking about this movie last night i think i said something along the lines of it's it's a good two-hour movie that would be a great 90-minute movie yep and uh I, I think that that's a fairly accurate way to say it because it there is so many cool moments and there's so many cool ideas and then you know matilda may is just you know, she does steal every single second she's there. Yeah. Hamana, hamana. 
but then you're just buried under all this garbage where it's like, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, this plot doesn't make any sense. Maybe if I read the Wikipedia, it'll make more sense. Nope, Wikipedia doesn't make it make any more sense than what I was watching. No, see, I'm fine. Like, keep it, keep it as a two-hour movie. It, it does. It's not that this needs to be cut down. You keep it as a two-hour movie. Replace a bunch of the shit in here that makes no fucking sense with something that actually makes sense. Like, it's. I realized halfway through the movie, like we're in the English countryside now, and some oh, guy picks so up a prostitute. Stupid. And all this shit. And I realized, like, I hadn't looked away. I wasn't distracted. I'd been watching the whole time. But somewhere along the line, I completely lost track of what the fuck was going on in the movie. <laughs> I was like, what? Where are we? Like, I, did, like, I, I almost rerun. I was like, did I miss something? Like, what's going on now? Well, so this room, so this is, um, I, and I, I apologize both A, to the audience and B, to my friends in the writers group, because I, I do occasionally reference other people's scripts from the writers group, but it, it, has been the biggest source of me being able to see issues in other people's scripts is reading people's scripts and being like, you need to fix this. And this movie reminds me of a script that one of the kids in my writer's group wrote where like they were doing this big, there's going to be a a war between, between heaven and hell in the middle of earth. And it's all based on this one girl who's possessed by by Satan himself or whatever. And he has all this tension built up, and then they're like, we've got to go to Rome and get the most powerful priest ever. And I was like, now you've lost me. You can't have something where time is fucking ticking, and they're just going to hop on a goddamn plane and fly to like a completely different country for ten minutes? Like, no, that's bullshit. And that's kind of how I feel with this movie, is like every time that there's like a feeling of urgency, there's some bullshit palling around in some other country that they keep jumping around to. Yeah. And it just, it does slow the momentum of the movie in like to an abrupt stop. So you mentioned the Canon films documentary. That's why I picked this Yeah, because I watched the documentary about Canon films about the two dudes who ran it. Gollum or Gollum and, and Golbus who were just insane men just out of their goddamn minds. Um, who, who made movies similar to this, such as tits and violence and action and nonsensical plots. Yeah, and I'm supposedly I, getting that in the mail soon through Netflix, because that is now available on DVD through Netflix uh, as of today, but it's on a very long wait. Good. It's a great, great documentary. I highly suggest watching the documentary. Life Force, and eh, not so much. Um, and I appreciate that the top two build people are Bo Derek and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So so I'm in the midst of, of watching this, and they're going through the Canon Films, the company. They're going through it year by year and explaining, you know, the rise and the fall of this, this production company. Somebody comes on screen and they go, just think about Life Force. You got a movie that's directed by Toby Hooper, written by Dan O'Brien, and, and, and somehow you've managed to mix up vampires, space creatures, body switching, and fucking zombies. zombies. Like, who does that? And then you know what they did? They gave it a $25 million budget. <laughs> and, then, and then they showed... I wondered how much money they made on, or they spent on this movie, because it. you just look at the, these scenes and the expansiveness, and you're just like, they just burnt the money. So they spent $25 million on it. Do you know how much it made, Scott? $30 million. Twelve. Yep. Oh, it bombed <laughs> fucking hard. It was. Except this was part of a three-picture deal with Canon to do this, the Invaders from Mars remake, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. And I'm pretty sure the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two was the closest one 
to making back a budget. Yeah, it well, was this movie and Superman four that really caused like the downfall <laughs> of this company. <laughs> Superman four, can we please just talk about? <laughs> Dude, hey, I that's wish... my favorite of the Superman movies. Mine too. Well, I <laughs> shit taste that man. It's so fucking funny though. Like it's. <laughs> I wish I had. Again, right? Yeah, with Nuclear Man, where he gives he gives Superman just a little just a little scratch on the face, and then <laughs> Superman gets the flu for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. The same reason why you know, like I don't like the Rocky films until Paulie gets a robot, and then I think the Rocky films are awesome. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. Um, so yeah, anyways, the guy says that the guy says that in the documentary. And at this point, I'm already fucking sold. I'm like this sounds like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard and just knowing this company, like I bet you it's just balls to the walls crazy. And then they showed the clip of Matilda May and I was like fucking done. I'm picking this for a work There's no there's no way I'm not picking it. And I I really really should have done more research than that. <laughs> Actually, I haven't even looked at what some of the bonus features are on this Blu-ray. I'm kind of curious now if there's any. Two commentary Uh, tracks. Nice. And a couple interviews, and that's it. The the Blu-ray contains the theatric cut and the longer director-approved cut. (laughs) If you go to IMDb, I mean, there is just pages and pages and pages of trivia about this movie, too. Like, I I don't know where they got all that information. Maybe from that Blu-ray, but anyways, like, it's just... I had higher hopes for it than what I got from it, I guess. But this is... so, So I've heard someone say this before, and I think that it's kind of true in a weird way. Someone has, has said it, it may have been on uh, – and I haven't talked about him much in a while, but I think it may have been someone on the Killer POV podcast said yeah, that – pretty good for us. Yeah, said if you watch this movie, it, it if you watch this movie and then you watch Poltergeist, you can pinpoint which ones – which scenes were directed by Toby Hooper and which scenes were directed by Steven Spielberg because all of the scenes in Poltergeist – Kind, that are from Toby Hooper kind of feel like they could have also been in Life Force, like the giant monster in the closet at the end, and like all the really fucking weird trippy shit in that movie is just screams Toby Hooper. Yeah, but I guess I mean that movie was surrounded by a plot that actually worked within itself, as opposed to and a delightful old lady. <laughs> yeah, and a delightful old lady just baking people cookies. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. I got some notes, but uh, this is one of those movies. Just it's fucking hard to take notes on this man because it's yeah. it's really doing its own work. <laughs> <laughs> it knows what it is. It it does, but at the same time. It has no idea what it is either. <laughs> it wants to be everything all at once and, and, and loses track of its own fucking... It lost its mind. Like, it's a movie that's gone insane with its, its own lust for, for I don't know. What. Yeah, I guess so. Do you know she only had seven minutes of screen time? It, it felt like I was watching her... And she's nude in all of them. All seven minutes. But it felt like I saw that woman naked for a full 90 minutes. Like, How, it felt... That can't be true. That must seven be... Seven minutes. That must seven be, minutes. That must be the theatric cut. There is no goddamn way the movie that I watched only had seven minutes of her. I watched... Uh, yeah, two, I, watched the, I watched the full one, and, yeah. and man... Like, that just seems physically impossible. <laughs> I know, but I watched the, the hour 57 version last night. And, yeah, that's and, what I watched. 
Yeah, and I looked it up. Seven minutes. It feels like she is, like, we're never not, the camera is never not on her breasts. Right? Like, it, it feels like they're there. Uh, you, get, the you get some butt shots, too, so don't worry. It, it, it's an equal opportunity yeah, right do. there. Oh, uh, watching um, the, the guy that played Carlson, like, violently make out with her face, though, it just really upset me. That that was some really bad kissing. Let's just oh. be honest here. That was some really bad kissing. I'm just trying to Anyway, I've never oh. heard of pretty much anything else that she's been in, because she's mostly just in French films. Well, she probably had such a horrible experience coming over here and dealing with canon films, having to put up with this bullshit. I wouldn't maybe, be coming back maybe. either. Let's do Life Force notes. So uh, we get this voiceover in the beginning. Does anybody remember what the voiceover said? I have no idea. It was entirely unnecessary. I haven't got a fucking clue what that guy was talking about. They're coming towards the um, alien craft or whatever. And the one guy says, okay, retract the solar panels. And and when you see the wide shot, it looks like their ship is like 20 miles long. Like it looks like this big, long, wacky, futuristic ship. But apparently those were just solar panels that they had pushed out and then it retracts back in and it just looks like the regular, you know, like an Apollo, your regular American space shuttle. And I was like, what the fuck? That doesn't, why do you need that many solar panels? Why do you need 20 miles of solar panels on your ship? (laughs) I don't know. I am not a scientist. Well, let's get a science man on here. Science men, if you can email us, please. Tell us. (laughs) <laughs> Do your research. HMNpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Please, science men, let us know. <laughs> so <laughs> here's another question for, for science men. Can you just get in spaceships and then just float unpropelled through the vacuum of space towards another spaceship and just hope for the best so you'll end up in there? <laughs> like there's no tethers. They don't have any kind of like boosters or anything on them. It's like oh, they got these—they got little boosters on the backs of their packs. I mean, I know that this is really splitting hairs, and it really doesn't matter. But yeah, don't 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 spout nonsense there. Okay, sorry, I didn't see those booster things. I, I yeah, you're too busy was... looking at the, the giant vampire bats creatures, yeah. and then oh, also when the guy—I oh, I know we're getting ahead. Of, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But when the one guy who gets stabbed in, in his energy center. Turns back into a bat? So unnecessary. They must have spent so much money on that quick little shot. And and the guy who stabbed was just like, huh. <laughs> well, at the but that at the end of this movie, I was like, do you think when Carlson and Matilda May got back up to the ship, she turned into that bat thing? And he was like, oh, wow, I made a really big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he woke up and he was like, oh, shit. No, actually, uh, let me let me be real here uh he's a vampire too she he just forgot that. she says yeah that, she says is, that is well, that what, really what, the what case it, i don't know what good would it do her to lie like that i i think that that was the whole that was supposed to be this huge surprise for the to, for the viewer that's like oh my god that's the reason why she didn't drain him it's because he's a vampire too oh my god oh my god it's just bad really? story writing but, I didn't. Uh, I did yeah. not even get that from the movie. I thought she was just manipulating him and lying to him, like she has been the rest of them. No, movies. she doesn't. She doesn't need just any human. She wanted him because he was somehow a vampire too, which is just ridiculous. I mean, it just adds to the stupidity of this story. But whatever. 
Still Matt, did you did you get that from it? No. No? <laughs> Rewatch it. No, that's not. This is the scriptwriter's fault. That's one out of three people gets this fucking entire point of the movie. Apparently. <laughs> so what? Whatever. We're in the the alien ship, and the one guy's like, "She looks perfect," and I'm like, "Yeah, I've been watching this movie for nine minutes, and she looks perfect." perfect. <laughs> so the inside of uh, the Winston Churchill is all smoke damaged and charred up. Uh, you know, like the real inside of the real Winston Churchill. <laughs> I just have a note here. Um, it takes up half my page, and it's underlined. It just says, God damn! That's a note. <laughs> That's a note I took. <laughs> she can just have my life for us. <laughs> she, she, she doesn't need to be sneaky about it. She doesn't need to use no crazy powers on me. I'm fucking giving it up for Matilda Maymail. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Damn. Seriously, Probably, probably like top ten hottest humans, like in the last century. Oh man, like just puts so many. Oh, puts them to shame. So uh, she also apparently is a, a Sith Lord because she has Force Lightning. You can just people <laughs> out of the way when she wants. I I don't know. Hey, here's a question, uh, British military. Well, she's slowly walking away to you from you. Does anybody want to try uh, shooting her? Anybody want to give that a shot? It's not going to do any good anyway. Remember that they like shoot the the men, the male ones, and they're just like rah, and they get the fuck away. They don't care. Yeah, but that that hasn't happened at this point in the film. I'm like, you know, everybody, you're at a military base. Why is no one shooting her? I guess they're just as she's walking away. They're all in awe of her perfect ass. They're just too distracted. They can't. Um, <laughs> it looks like we're getting some nude dudes with bad attitudes in this movie. That was for the female listeners. Yeah, we're not totally sexist around here. We get naked, naked dudes, too. I think that this is the least sexist podcast we've ever done with the most <laughs> discussion of boobs. Because, like, we're not, like, objectifying her. We're like, goddamn, she is seriously, like, the most attractive woman ever. It's It's, like... I don't know. Maybe I'm just a shitlord, but well, the movie on. objectifies her. The movie is just like she's just this thing that walks through the movie, and you're just supposed to stare at her. Like that's the whole point of her. So the scene that you were talking about, the scene with the corpse on the table where he drains the other guy's life force, you can see that he's like drawing the guy into the kiss. Like the guy can't stop himself. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> right? It was so fucking strange. And it like the guy, like Carlson or whatever, had had this line where he was like, or, or no, the, the doctor that she kissed and then let live. And he was like, oh, I feel nauseous, blah, blah, blah. He had had this line where he was like, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever felt. It was totally sexual. I was just drawn to her. And I'm like, do you think that doctor's thinking the same thing about that emaciated <laughs> corpse right now? <laughs> <laughs> just like, that was the most desecrated corpse I'd ever seen. It was totally sexual. I couldn't stop. <laughs> I feel like he and the guy, the police chief from uh, Dr. Giggles would really get along discussing these issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so then the one guy's like, hmm, it's as I feared. It causes death after two hours. I mean, what are you talking about as you feared? You knew nothing. Your your scientific method extends to literally poking corpses with fucking poles. You don't know what's going on, you idiot. But the zombies in this are pretty amazing. Like, when that one zombie runs into the grate and, like, explodes all over them, I was like, yes! that's fucking amazing. I love that. I would have loved to have seen that happen on Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. That would have been 
Just the icing. So he explains what happened on the Winston Churchill and like how he killed everybody. It was all for her. And he's like, it's the hardest thing I ever did. And they're like, yes, I know. And he's like, no, no, no. Leaving Matilda May was the hardest thing I ever did. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, buddy. I'm fucking totally right there with you. I get it. Um, And then he has this crazy sex dream about her that just goes on for way too long. There's an area that they could have cut down because that sex scene is like kissing and staring at each other, kissing and staring at each other for like three full minutes. And I was like, oh. Will this ever end? (laughs) Jesus Christ. So I guess this is where it really starts fucking losing me. He has a... He's put under hypnosis, and he sees that Matilda May has now inhabited somebody else's body, right? Yeah. So as soon as they're out of the hypnosis, somebody starts asking, like, yeah, but where's Matilda Matilda May's body? I'm like, I don't know, but we gotta get to Scott. He's like, yeah, but where's Matilda May's body? I need to know. For reasons. I just need you to tell me where am I. <laughs> so, uh, oh re- I, what is Patrick Stewart doing in this movie? Like, Getting the- paid. That's what he's doing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think he only has seven minutes of screen time. Like, he is there and gone in no time flat. He takes him in to see the red-headed woman... And this is by far the most awkward, uncomfortable, fucked up part of this movie where where Carlson's like, I can see you inside this woman and she's a deviant masochist. She wants me to bleed it out of her. And then he like, oh, my God, her. do you mind? He's like, no, I like watching. I'm a voyeur. Yeah, Jesus. I've always been a, a bit of a voyeur. And then he just like yanks her, her clothes off and pulls her hair. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'll take the sex scene. I'll take that weird three minute sex scene again over this. This is terrible. Man. So like, oh. so real quick, since we were discussing uh, Jean-Luc Picard, Life Force, his third movie ever. And he was only in one TV episode before that. Wow. Yeah. What did what did he do immediately after this? Lady Jane, and then he was casted in the Star Trek Next Generation. Wow. Nice. So this is pre him being anybody. He, yeah, I mean, he, he was, was like a stage actor. He was a well known stage actor, but he was in like one or two episodes of a TV series called I Claudius from 1967 or uh, 1976. And then he was in Excalibur and Dune, and then followed it with Life Force. So he had to do Dune and then Life Force back to back. Wow! But let's just let's just agree that Excalibur is a kick-ass movie. I don't think I've ever actually seen Excalibur, so I got to put that on there. Oh, it watch fills, it! It, it fills so my good. heart with joy, though, when I'm looking at his list of film credits and I see Robin Hood Men in Tights in there when he played King Richard. So, um, oh, uh, the one guy is the uh, the teacher, or uh, maybe he's the principal from A Clockwork Orange, the one that like uh, punches Alex in the nuts when they're sitting on the bed. Ah, yes. Yeah, like. I'm coming to save you from yourself, and then punches him in the ball. <laughs> uh, I'll never do any impression better than all of Adam's impressions. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to be friends with him. Carlson was playing a game of kissing chicken with Patrick Stewart, and he lost, man. He went right in for that deep, passionate kiss on Patrick Stewart. I think that the kiss between him and Patrick Stewart is better than all the kisses between him and uh, Mathilda May. It's definitely like, a lot more comfortable. He's more into it. it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where all the passion was. <laughs> 
So uh, the recipe is you mix one part vampire, uh, 12 gallons of Englishman's blood. You got to shake that well inside of a helicopter. Now, uh, let your movie only half bake and your Matilda May should have a warm, gooey center. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best note ever. (laughs) I feel like that's that's our new house to marker. Dude, the part where she just like gives him the like death stare, she's just like, because ah, she's all covered in blood. That is the high point of this film. Yeah, well, she was made of blood. It was like, it, was, it took so long for that to happen. It was like this weird thing. It's like building, building, all the blood's draining, building, 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 all the blood's draining. And then it's just Matilda May. I knew what was going to happen, and I was still impressed. It's just Matilda May made out of blood. She looks at Carlson and just goes, ah! And it just explodes on the floor. (laughs) I was like, what was the point of that? What the fuck, man? Even even the English politicians are soul-sucking vampires. And, And they aren't portrayed in this movie very nice either. Carlson, dude, come on. Nobody's buying this. You just are still trying to have sex with Matilda May. We get it. It's an honorable, it's an honorable thing to want, and we all understand <laughs> it. But if you could just stop with the charade here already, okay? Just admit it, buddy. Admit it. I, I don't care about like anything that happened in the next thirty minutes of this movie. Didn't care. Didn't write a note for it. I don't even remember what the fuck happened. Anyways, they end up back in England. Some other guy dies. Some about tri- psychic transference and Carlson still chasing that booty. That's all I know. I don't know. <laughs> None of it matters. Nothing matters. You know, I tried so hard to pick some crazy movie. Um, and it was good up to so far. But in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh, I just got lightheaded I was laughing so hard <laughs> Adam good job now Matt knows what it's to get a uh, head buzz from smoking weed oh my god god damn it fantastic A plus <laughs> Uh, so so carefully crafted. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's is that what you did so for those thirty crap. minutes where you didn't give a shit? Where you're like, I'm just gonna reference a Lincoln Park song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh All right. Uh, <laughs> so we get we get to the last set piece of the movie or whatever, and the the vampire dude is at the front. I still have no idea what the fuck the point of this is. It has to. It has to go through the vampire guy to be passed to Matilda May to go up to the ship. I don't fucking know. Anyways, the one English guy's there, and the vampire looks at him, and he's like, Just bring yourself to me. That way it'll be less terrifying. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think you have to worry about it being terrifying. It was never really terrifying. Nothing so far has been terrifying. We're all pretty okay around here. Yeah. So Matilda May died the way she lived. Buck ass naked. <laughs> uh, good shit. So then, then I guess that's the end. I mean, all of all of London is fucking dead, and and Carlson is what he's going to go on wacky space adventures, exploring the the universe, and his new bat girlfriend's uh, probably really confusing genitalia. I don't know what, what the fuck. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh. 
the only other, there's also no way that Buddy made it back in time to tell them not to drop the nuke. So London definitely got nuked too. That's the end of this movie. All right. <laughs> I love this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to talk about it than it is to watch it. Like honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is only mandatory watching once. Yeah. No, I think it's mandatory watching once. And then you find a way to make like a super cut of like twenty of the twenty minutes of it, and just watch that. I honestly I, think we I, only I heard need that seven only minutes. Had of this seven minutes. <laughs> 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 listen, listen. I know that that was the easy joke, but I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I I would keep all of the vampire, zombie creature things because they looked cool. Dude, you want you want the seven minutes of Patrick Stewart so you can get that kiss back in? Oh yeah, <laughs> that kiss can't be can't be lost. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, Scott, do you want to start off with what you watched this week? Oh, do I? I have, well, okay, I have one movie that I rewatched because I just want to talk about it again. I, I didn't even rewatch the whole what, thing. What, I just Gremlins rewatched. No, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I want to talk about a little film that I talked about two weeks ago and then last week and three weeks ago called Summer Party Massacre 2, which is <laughs> seriously the most endearing slasher film ever. You need to calm call- down. We're going to be talking about this literally in like a month or two. <laughs> no, I will not calm down. <laughs> Dude, the Jelly Killer is so good. I rewatched all the the, mo- the dance and and guitar montages in that movie today. And it is just... They actually learned how to play their instruments. This is all stuff we're going to talk about when we discuss it in in full. But man, I love Summer Party Massacre 2. It is just, it is my new favorite, I think, of all the 80s cheesy horror flicks that I love. So there's that. But but the movie that I actually finally watched, I've been meaning to, I started it like five times. I think I've talked about it before. Never finished it until today. Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, starring another gorgeous dark-haired woman with a, uh, well, actually, she had blue eyes, but um, Mathilda did not. Uh, she has brown eyes. But uh, Valerie Leone is in is in that movie, a Hammer film. And uh, so, in typical Hammer fashion, they spend way too much money, way too much exposition. It's very silly, but it is gorgeous to watch. And Valerie Leone, Leon, Leon, I don't know, uh, is great to look at. She's also very, very attractive. Uh, she's no Mathilda May, but but she's up there. So uh, yeah, that, that was that was what I watched this week. All right. Uh, so all that I have for this week is three different films that I rewatched. So the one that I rewatched, I literally had seen once before, and I'd seen it on Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. So that gives you a rough idea of how long ago I'd watched this shit. The Surgeon, and it's not a very good movie, but it still has one of my favorite VHS covers. Uh, I I've always remember seeing that in the video store. Yeah, you are. Uh, the other movie that I rewatched, because I literally remember nothing about this movie, and my friend wanted to rewatch it, so we decided to rewatch Near Dark, which is a... Uh, it's not is that a vampire movie? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty decent vampire movie, but I hear people say that it's like 
you know, it's head to head between this and Lost Boys, and uh, no, it's oh not. no fucking way, yeah, yeah no, no. Way. like yeah. I like Near Dark, but those people can fuck right off. There's no way. That being said, the the scene in the bar in Near Dark is fucking amazing. Oh yeah, oh that's great. <laughs> like that whole hey, sequence way, is great. Uh, that that cover art for the surgeon, it's from 1995, and you're right. That just takes me back to the video store days for yeah. real. It's a great cover. Uh, and it's a terrible movie. Sh- oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, there's this movie that I'm blanking on it. Well, I, we can. I'll look it up while Adams um, while Adams doing the second half of his uh, Tony Todd diatribe. But uh, there's there's a there's another movie from the '80s with um, a play by playmate in it about a killer surgeon too that I, I'm going to look up. And the uh, the last one that I watched and. <laughs> Scott will appreciate this. I also, because it's getting close to Halloween season, rewatched one of the films from our Halloween bonus episode past. Yeah? Hocus Pocus. Well, right. duh. That's no surprise. So so here's the thing. Because we were talking about impressions, and I completely forgot that I can do a pretty, spot, your... on, pretty spot on impression of the blonde-haired, want-it-to-be-Jason-Mew's character in that film. Specifically, <laughs> specifically his laugh after every line of jokey dialogue delivered to him, which is... <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man, uh, that's so good. Watch, watch Hocus Pocus. That's fucking spot on. <laughs> I'm, I'm nailing it out of the park. Uh, but yeah, that movie's still awesome. Uh, I still, if if the if the two of you lived near me, I would demand that we go out for Halloween as the San Francisco's. Well, I'd be totally fucking mad with that. <laughs> um, I would want to be Kathy Najimy or whatever her name is. Okay, then I'll be Bette Midler. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'll wear the weird. <laughs> oh, I gotta teeth. be Sarah Jessica Parker. Come on, <laughs> I'll, I'll be Sarah Jessica Parker. I just think that I don't have the body for that one. <laughs> Oh, if we're gonna be honest, if we're gonna be honest, Scott, me, you're too kind. Scott, I mean, of all of us, Scott is the one that probably has the Sarah Jessica Parker body because he eats way healthier than you and I. You know it, girlfriend. <laughs> but that's what's, all. What's the, what's the one line that the zombie guy has in that movie where he finally like gets his mouth open and he's like, three centuries I've been fucking putting up with your bullshit." <laughs> that's not the line, but I wish it was. <laughs> Just out of nowhere, that movie got really. Really blue. <laughs> um, but that's all I've got. So let's hear the exciting conclusion to Adam's adventure to meet Tony Todd with right, three, so, like three uh, other mutants that showed up and a magician. <laughs> <laughs> Mysteria, the magician. <laughs> so uh, I before the movie even starts, I see Tony Todd outside. Uh, there's nobody fucking there. I'm the only one that, like, noticed him out there. So under the pretense of, like, going out for a cigarette, I went out and I, like, introduced myself to him and I asked him if I could take a picture. And he said, oh, don't worry. Like, after the Q&A, we're going to do pictures. Everybody's going to get pictures. I said, okay, fine. So we go back in and Candyman starts and the audio cuts out. And it keeps cutting out every five minutes or so, and they just cannot wow. figure out how to get this fucking. They had thing one forward. job, <laughs> right? Um. So, so after maybe twenty minutes into the movie, everybody just stopped paying attention and started talking amongst themselves. Nobody watched the movie. Must have felt really good for Tony Todd. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a mess, yeah. And so, anyways, he he comes up and he does the Q and A. 
and the Q and A is is just awful. Like the the dude that was hosting it from the dude that was hosting it, he was playing it like like this was some two man improv bit, and he had to make jokes every time he talked. Every time he talked, the jokes just fell completely flat. Um, there was three different variations of the question: What was your favorite scene to film in Candyman? And and then we're we're in we're in um, Kitchener Kitchener Waterloo in Canada, the whitest town you've ever been in. Little white girl speaks up from the back, and she's asking a question about racial tensions in Candyman, and and it's it's you know portrayal of racial tensions and how they relate to today. And it's just the whitest thing you've ever seen. As as one person from the group remarked, it was as if she stood up and she went, um, yes, Mr. Todd, uh, have you noticed that you're black? And do you have any kind of comment on that? Like, it's just so awkward to watch. Like, it's really bad. And and the whole time, Tony Todd just keeps circling back. He's artfully, artfully dodging questions and circling back to his newest direct-to-DVD release that he was in. And the production of something called Ghost House that he has coming up. It's a stage play. Just keep circling back to that. That's the only fucking reason he's there is to promote his newest materials. Doesn't answer a single question about Candyman. Nothing insightful. Nothing. Fucking Please, bullshit. guys, can we still talk about Rampart? <laughs> yeah, please. Can we can we try and keep it on topic here? I'm here to talk about Ghost House. Um, I don't know why you're all asking me about Candyman. <laughs> I, I think he he answered like a brief question about the bees, uh, which was essentially he got stung twenty five times over the course of the movies by bees. Apparently, he gets paid a thousand dollars every time he got stung by the bees. Nice. That's uh-huh. that's a my little piece of trivia that I learned about Candyman by going to a fucking Q and A where the guy who played Candyman was there. Oh, for fuck's sake! Anyways, so. Whatever, that finally ends. I'm happy to be away from the awkwardness. They say, go over to this table and we'll do uh, signings and you can take pictures with Tony Todd. I go up to the table. There's a fucking sign. $30 for a picture. I was like, $9 beers and $30 for a picture with Tony Todd. Fuck you. Fuck this event. I went to the bathroom. I took a shit in the toilet. I didn't flush and I left. (laughs) Just (laughs) went home. (laughs) I was like, fucking, that's what you get, bastards. I'm fucking out of here. I should have just walked backwards through the door, just flipping everybody the bird. I should have been like, fuck you, fuck you. And then it was another, well, no, because there was no traffic, because by this point it was like 1230 at night. So another two-hour drive home. And, uh, yeah. So even, uh, even if you win free tickets to something, it still might not be worth the cost. It might cost you. Yeah. Anyways, Candyman's still a good movie. Virginia <laughs> Madsen's pretty hot. In that, I like. I like that. Uh, I just saved you. Uh, you you know that little tidbit about the bees I just told you. I just saved you ever having to go to a Tony Todd Q and A. You're all welcome. <laughs> Well, that was Life Force. Thank you guys for checking it out once again. And remember, you can always send us movie suggestions at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what your favorite moment of Life Force was. I bet we can guess what it is. Or tell us what you would have cut from 
from this movie, I bet I can guess that it was about an hour and 50 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're going to be talking about Trick or Treat. That's the movie from 1986 starring Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons. Not the... God damn it, Matt. Quit quit putting them first on the the billing. They're in their top billing, yeah. Uh, not not the more recent anthology film. That's all I really got to say, guys. Come on. Uh, I love hearing from you. We're getting a lot of good email. We're maybe one email away from being able to do a pretty solid email bag episode. So shoot us an email if you haven't yet. Just letting us know your opinions on the show or ask us a question. We'd love to answer whatever asinine question you have to wonder. And I'm sure that this episode has raised a lot of questions for you about our our personalities. So go ahead and uh, and ask away at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Megan is the woman of my dreams, but man, Mathilda May is the vampire of my dreams. She is just stupid attractive. Man, I and like. Uh, sorry, listeners. I don't know. Like you've heard the show, you know we can be kind of misogynistic and shitty on her sometimes. But like, it's just look. Like, watch the movie, and that's all you can fucking think about. You yeah. are like psychically drawn into this vampire work because she's just so fucking gorgeous she doesn't look real like she's not <laughs> no. a real person there's no way like oh my god you're listening to the geekscape network 